0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, I'm betting it turns to zero because we've seen these cases re and you know the NFL owners want to have a football season, so if they get out there in the preseason and things start to go the opposite way, they go they go downhill, then that could affect the regular season. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the side of they're going to try and be as cautious as possible and and get guys into the regular season before they risk having to shut things down if things go in the wrong direction.
1: Rob Nikovich there, a former NFL player, now an analyst. Didn't even know he was an analyst now at yeah. uh, ESPN. And... Talking about the preseason versus the regular season, players are really pushing for no preseason games. Mm-hmm. You like that idea? Um,
0: I, I mean, me personally, I don't like it. Yeah, because you're know, a fan of the preseason. I'm a fan of the preseason, yeah. and I think coaches would agree with me here. I think GMs would agree with me here. Where, listen, I understand the preseason games from a fan perspective. It's boring. It's mundane. Um, it carries on. It drags out. Okay, I'll come along with you on that one. But in terms of evaluations, in terms of trying to, you know, get a good view of these undrafted free agent type of guys, trying to get a good view of these guys who you brought in on, you know, low incentive deals to see, well, can they make the team? Can they not make the team? That's what the preseason games are for. And if you take those games away, now you're talking about maybe some talented players that never got their shot, not even because it's their fault, but because, well the landscape of professional sports and, right now. And that is because look at major league baseball just
1: had five rounds of a draft. They usually have over 40, Yeah, you know, so a lot of talented players didn't get a chance to get, join the professional ranks. Now they did have undrafted free agency type of thing, but um, it's a, it's a unique year in that sense. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, two players and how many can you have in camp? I think we'll get some more of those kind of decisions this week. I wonder, you know, the reports came out that two preseason games, well then all of a sudden the NFLPA basically said they voted on, No preseason games, right? Mm -hmm. Well, is that kind of the hang-up? Is that why the NFL hasn't come out and said how many preseason games there are? I thought that could come out as soon as Thursday last week. It didn't before the holiday. And I wonder if there's a little bit of jockeying now back and forth between the players' side. Because they have to agree on it. It's a change to the CBA. So they would have to agree and amend that uh, with whatever uh, is is going on. So we'll see uh, about the preseason. But uh, no doubt the countdown is on. Uh, Will we have uh, two games, no games? Uh, the quest of the regular season certainly continues. Do you guys sign something like in the NFLPA
0: that says like you always have to support players? <laughs> no, not quite. I mean, it's kind of one of those unwritten rules, Brent. Kind of, kind of from the school of hard knocks kind of view where you always have each other's backs. You know where I'm going with this. Um, I have a feeling I do.
1: Yep, Yannick Ngakwe. There we go. Here's what you tweeted today. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe in uppercase and lowercase letters is crazy if he turns down the franchise tag because no, I if, think I said that. Well, do you know that the, was in a quote? That wasn't directed at you, but
0: that was directed <laughs> at anyone that thinks, "Well, it's going to be crazy if he doesn't sign and take the eighteen million dollars." That was directed towards you. Okay. Take it how you want to take it. Never forget, you
1: say, it's not yep. about the money. It's about what the money says. Three Correct. months ago, I explained why I could see Ngakwe not signing his tag and turning down $18 million. Yep. And uh, that reasoning was
0: um, and is? A lot of things. I mean, if you go back to and watch the clip, you'll, you'll check it out from about three months ago. I know. I just don't want the listeners to have to do that right now. I understand that. One of the biggest reasons why I think, though, that if he doesn't sign that franchise tag, I'm not going to be shocked. Because it go it goes against who he is as a person, and it goes against everything that he was maybe taught growing up. Now once again, and I, I don't know Yannick Gakwe. And Yannick Ngakwe has done me no favors, ever. All right, That's why I asked if you guys signed this <laughs> never, bond agreement. Never had an interview with him. I don't know the guy, really. I said what's up to him maybe once, and that's about it. But I'm just saying I think I know how the guy operates. I've been in NFL locker rooms. I've seen a lot of personalities, and I think that I know this type of personality that Yannick Ngakwe has. Yeah, and,
1: and he's a different personality.
0: He's He's got a different chip, yes. and in a lot of ways that's a good thing. It's not a knock
1: on him. Uh, he's a man of principle. I think that's admirable. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot to like about Ngakwe. I do like Yannick Ngakwe. I want Yannick Ngakwe here. I've held out more hope than maybe anybody else that something could get done, even though people have told me you're crazy for thinking that. I also think it would be borderline crazy to pass up $18.7 million on a franchise tag tender in 2020. Because you're thinking about money. I, uh, you're, you're thinking about the money. I would be thinking about the money at eighteen point sure. seven million. Yes, um, sure. fair enough. Yeah. And I let me ask you this, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would like to think I've man a principle as well. You are. Um, I. We all get locked in on some things, whether you know whatever that might be. It doesn't always have to do with your employment or other things. If you said this to your mom, okay, and said, "Ma, I think I should be out of here." or I really believe this or that or I should be have a long term deal and I should be worth 21 million or whatever I'm not signing 18.7 million dollars this year.
0: What's mm-hmm. <laughs> <There's laughs> what, that's what mom saying? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hey <laughs> First of all, don't ask me that question, because you're not going to like the answer I'm going to say. Yeah, I know you're going to well, say. Because, you know, my mom, right? So, like, my mom... I just wanted to pose the question differently no, and, and than then, listen, it's being posed. Exactly. And honestly, my mom would tell me if you think that's the right thing to do and that's who you are, then you do it. Okay? Listen, I've shared this story before my rookie year. I got offered around thirty-five to $40,000 to cut my dreads off. Um you know, in the locker room, okay? Uh, Terrence Knighton, Jerry Mincy, Derek Harvey, they all got a pool together. We're like, hey, let's get Lane's dreads cut. Because at the time, we had a rule, either you get a haircut if you're a rookie or you get your eyebrows shaved. Yeah. I shaved my eyebrows, didn't even think twice about it, okay? offer me 40 Gs to cut my dreads. You know what? Those dreads would have grown back, okay? And it would probably take like a, a year or two years, but I would have gotten them back. But to me, it was about the principle, Brent. Those dreads were as part of me, and they still are a part of me, just like... My tattoos are just like my hands are. It's like I asking me to chop off a finger. I wasn't gonna do it. And I, I can sit here wholeheartedly and say today that even if they would offer me eighty grand, ninety grand, a hundred grand, I still wouldn't have done it because it's the principal thing. Now, yeah. There's probably ninety percent, maybe ninety five, ninety nine percent of people listening right now that said, You wouldn't cut your hair for forty thousand dollars, you're absolutely crazy. And you know what? Yes I am I've been offered the same, I mean to do it. <laughs> And you know what? And maybe I am crazy. But at the end of the day, I know who I am, okay? And I'm always going to stay true to myself because that's the lessons that were instilled with me. I always get a lot of great feedback, and and I got – I went a little spoiler, I went back home. I talked to our boss who was cool with it. I went back home to Wisconsin, and I got a lot of great feedback from some of our fans there. And they always tell me the same thing. They like how – I can take stories of the NFL and bring them down to the human level and say, you know what? Even though these guys are on a pedestal, I can try to share examples people can embrace in everyday life and I can make you guys relate to it. For instance, last year, Jalen Ramsey wanted out of Jacksonville and I had some, you know, I made some observations saying, well, listen, imagine that you're in a job, you don't like your boss, you don't like your environment and go someplace else. You're going to do it. So I take pride in always trying to find a common ground between the, the everyday listener, you know, the, the working, 9-to-5 listener, and an NFL player. But I'm going to be honest here. There are no comparisons to what Yannick Ngakwe is going through right now. Okay? Because, and once again, I try to bring it to every single, everyday kind of life. But in terms of the franchise tag, you know how I feel about the franchise tag, there's really nothing like it in a 9-to-5 job. No, there isn't. There's not. So it's hard for me to say, well, imagine this. Imagine, I can't. All I have to say is, you have to trust me on this one, okay? You're going to have to trust me, and just, I'm just going to say, you know what? Yes, $18 million is $18 million, without a doubt, and that's a lot of money. And eventually, one would say Yannick Gakwe will make that 20. I mean, he, he, he's going to make that money regardless one day, okay? Yeah, he only, might not make
1: that back, correct. but he'll make a lot he'll, of money. He'll make it eventually.
0: Yeah. But once again, man, I'm just saying, it's not about the money here, okay? Like, I think the guy's doing okay financially. Now he's not making $18 million, whatever. But sometimes it's about just staying true to who you are. And this is a situation where if Yannick Ngakwe doesn't sign that contract, that, that tag, get that $18 million, this is an example of that. But can you stay too true to
1: who you are or who you think you are? Can hmm. you get wrapped up in the principle sometimes? But see, what I bring up in the Yann situation is quite a bit is let's just say on the face value, everybody thought uh, uh the Coughlin was a big you know part of what was kind of going wrong and the disconnection between players and front office and everything else. Well, that changed, and you no, know, we've had these conversations. well, the damage had already been done, okay, well, months have passed now. the market has shrunk for you mm-hmm. to be honest with you, eighteen point seven million on the franchise tag is more than you would likely get on the open market right now. Mm-hmm. The way we're seeing it play out, I don't know that for a fact, but it looks that way, the the well, way it is. No, so yeah. things have changed is my point. So can you get to, the one problem with folks of principle? Again, I've been there before, man, and mm-hmm. you get blinded by it. And so you can be blinded by your principle as well. And, and it kind of cuts you away from reality. Well, the reality is there's been a lot that's changed since he really dug in. In seven or eight months, whether it's personnel, whether it's the market itself, whether it's now this feel out there from NFL teams that really the phone isn't ringing a lot for the Jags to trade or do something
0: else. I mean, those are real things that have happened. Those are, those are exactly real things. And I agree with you 100%. Here. I don't like saying that a lot, but I do agree with you. Okay? <laughs> but let's talk about reality real quick then. If you want to bring reality into it, let's talk reality. The reality is is that Yannick Ngakwe tried to hold out last year for new contract. Didn't get it. Tucked his tail, came into camp, and balled out, okay? Was a great leader for Josh Allen. I think there wasn't really a distraction at all during the season. You didn't hear one time during the season, I want a new deal, I want a new deal. He just kept his mouth shut, had his blue-collar work ethic, and went to work. Bad hamstring and all. Tore his hamstring off, play with an injury, it is what it is. Now, his productivity. You know, I think he had eight and a half sacks last year. Not bad, you know, and given, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Yannick Ngakwe, but he had the injury, maybe that had something to say about it, but overall, man, he wasn't the problem last year on the defensive line, okay, he he simply wasn't, he wasn't a liability, We, we broke it down on the board how he's improved it in the run game. Okay? That was the biggest question mark going forward. Is he big enough to stop the run? We went on the board last year and said that he was. Okay? So he did everything the right way that year. That's reality. Okay? Now reality is that he gets to free agency, and for whatever reason, okay, whether it's the market and all of a sudden there's a different view of how we value pass rushers, whether it's the value of, well, they got Clowney ahead of, whatever the reason is.
1: Whether it's people got
0: scared by the the Lawrences and, and Frank Clarks of the world. Exactly. Whatever the reason was teams were turned off to the idea of spending, you know, a lot of money on an edge rusher. That's reality. Once again, not Yannick Ngakwe's fault, but that's just the way that it was. So essentially, what we have right now, Brent, is we have Yannick Ngakwe who's trying to trust the process, okay? Who's trying to do things to the best of his abilities and think, you know what? It's all going to work out. I'm going to put my good vibes out there and eventually it's going to reciprocate. I'm going to get my money. It never happened, okay? He trusted the process, and you know what? The process failed. Not Yannick Ngakwe's fault, just the process's fault. Now, the whole Tony Khan thing, that was his fault, okay? Now, how much is that going to be a detriment to him going to a new team? I don't really know that much, but I'll be honest. It didn't help Yannick Ngakwe, obviously, right? It actually hurt Yannick Ngakwe calling the owner's son out like that. That was not a good look. I've spoke my piece on that. But my point is this right now. Regardless of how you shake things down, Yannick Ngakwe probably didn't win this, okay? And I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm just saying that's reality, and that's the way it is. So essentially what we're doing right now, Brent, is we're playing a game of Uno, okay? Let's, let's imagine we're playing a, like a card game of Could Uno. Get. Yeah, a great game. Everyone can relate to it, right? You're the owner, okay? And I'm Yannick Ngakwe. You drop some cards, and I see you have like 10 draw fours and a revert. I mean, you're going to win regardless. Skips. And, and I'm Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, And I know I'm going to lose it. There's no way I can win this. There's no possible way. I have nothing. I have no draw twos. I have no draw forwards. I have no wild cards. All I have is trash. And I see your cards. There's two options here. And with my ego and the ego that has gotten me to the point where I'm at right now to get a new deal, there's two options. I can say, well, I'm just going to have to lose this. Let's play the game of Uno and I'm going to take my butt whooping. That's the one option. The other option is... I can take my cards. I can throw them at your face, and I can say this game is stupid. It's rigged, and I'm out of it. And that's the other option. And that could be the option right now that Yannick Ngakwe wants to do. He doesn't want to play the game anymore. He doesn't want to take the loss. He would much rather throw the cards at your face and say, you know what? Fine, you're not going to win this, though. Okay, I'm going to lose this. And in my eye, and once again, in my eyes, in my eyes, I'm going to win this because I'm throwing the cards at your face. Nobody wins. I'm out of here. That could be what Yannick Ngakwe is thinking right now.
1: Yeah, and it could be. And we'll see how um, steadfast he is on that. Do you think it changes at all? Again, I understand the principal part of it, but you got to go from an advisor point of view here with Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. And this pandemic, you know, this has changed things. You know, I mean, this is not the greatest of times. $18.7 million in the pocket during the, in this year especially mm-hmm. might be a big thing. Because what I – let's just say he sits out. Let's say the Jags force him to sit out. Let's just say he becomes a free agent, although I'm not even sure that would happen. I think they'd put the second franchise tag potentially on him. We'll see. (laughs) But they – that could happen. Yeah, it absolutely could happen. But let's just say, hey, let him walk and and they go their separate ways. Mm Mm-hmm. How much value has gone down for him? Now he hasn't played in a year. The last time he played eight eight and a half sacks, there wasn't a much market for it to be him to begin with from a trade standpoint or anybody really knocking on the door. Sure, there have been some inquiries. Now you haven't played in a bit. I mean, are twelve teams calling for him? Is he making twelve million dollars? Is he making less than Dante Fowler kind of money? Yeah. You know, I mean, so you have to factor in. You gotta stay steps ahead here. And that's where I think again, you can't be fooled—not fooled, but you can't be stuck so far into your principle that you're not seeing the reality. What's reality look like? Not, not just now, but in 2021. But once, He's yeah. going to make money, sure. But again, you want if, if it's what the money says. Well, what's 12 million going to say? But here's what's 13 a, no. million going to say instead of 18 million or 20 million?
0: Yeah. But, but let's go and talk about reality again. Okay, and let's go ahead and talk about this. You mentioned obviously right now we're in a crazy time in the world, okay, in terms of of money, in terms of where your next paycheck's coming from. like, listen, you can sign that tag and get $18 million in these times right now. Well, what are we talking about, right? But at the same time, it's a catch-22 because think about this. If there was a better time right now to have your feet in the dirt and say, you know what, I'm not going to budge, I'm not going to sign the tag, I'm going to sit out. Well, what better than this year? Because we don't know what's going to happen, Brent. And let's be honest here. Will there be football? We're not 100% confident with that yet. Or at least stay healthy. Exactly. So who's to say three or four weeks down the line, it's like, got well, everyone's got COVID-19. Shut it down. Shut it down. And if that's the case, well, not all of a sudden sitting out wasn't that bad of an idea. You know? So to me, it's a catch-22, and you can look at it both ways. You can say, well, secure your money right now. Times are tough. Or you can say, well, those tough times... There may not be anybody getting money, so we don't know that
1: yet. That's it. I I I respect the principle. I, I'm just not going to get off the fact that I think at to me the principle was played last year. It was the gamble made, and I, I'm that's fine. Mm-hmm. I I like the fact you gambled on yourself. And again, I don't really think it's his fault necessarily. I do think it's the circumstance, the market. It took a weird turn. Yeah. It, it was, but I just can't sit here if I had him in front of like dude.
0: Sign it, please. Yeah. No, please. Uh, no, like, I, I just please sign well, it. Well, if, if you're his agent, absolutely, because you're getting
1: that hashtag, well, too as well. No. So, it's, no. but I almost don't want to be attached to it if he doesn't, and something go the other side of it. And I know that's 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 far, that's probably unlikely. Yeah, but. Again, remember, my job, if I'm advising, advising—is—is at least I feel like, is to not only, hey, believe in you yeah. and, and support you in what you're doing, but also try for you to earn as much money in this shrunk-down earning time of your life yeah. with this special skill set you have. Yeah. And right now, are you doing that? Yeah. Are we doing that together? Uh, the answer is no. Listen. Right now.
0: If I'm his agent, I'm telling him all of that. And I'm also telling him, let's think about it like this way. If you don't sign... And you sit out. Let's just say for whatever reason there's no football season this year, okay? Now, you have to do a lot of assuming what's going to happen past that, but I think a pretty logical explanation would be, okay, so the season's canceled, everybody resets. Well, what's going to happen with those draft picks? They're obviously, someone's got to draft somebody, right? So you've got a, a fresh new batch of defensive ends and a fresh new batch of edge rushers coming to take your job. So now do you think they're going to pay Yannick and Gaku 18, 19, 20 million dollars a year? Or are they going to try to draft somebody because it's a lot cheaper? And, and to be fair, they're younger. That's how the NFL works. Absolutely. So if I'm his agent, I'm also telling him that. Now this goes against my argument, obviously, but I'm just being real right now. But once again, okay. And this is, this is the hill that if I die on, so be it. But I'm just saying all the optics, all things I just said. At the end of the day, Brent, pride is a heck of a thing. It sure okay? is. And at the end of the day, admitting that you lost even though it wasn't even your fault, even though you, it was against your control, that's a heck of a thing to do. And if Yannick Ngakwe doesn't take that money and he just chooses, you know what, I'm not going to play this year because this is what I believe in, you can call him crazy all you want do what you want to do, but I'm I'm not, not going to fault him for it. You know, and, and maybe listen. Maybe fifty years down the line, when he's got grandkids and they're, they're trying to go to Harvard, something like that, and all of a sudden, you know, the like, college is pretty pricey. Maybe he's gonna regret it then. Pricey, even if you go online, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless he has some connections in California, get you in for free. <laughs> it is what it is. But at the end of the day, man, it's his decision. And, and, and I think regardless of what's gonna happen with it, if he says I'm not gonna get that eighteen million dollars, he'll have to live with it. But I'm just saying and it's not even in the same ballpark right now. But when I turned down that $35,000, and keep in mind, when I turned that money down, I only got my signing bonus. I, I didn't get a game check yet. So it wasn't like my accounts were looking really yes, peachy. Yes, that was pretty good. It was a chunk of change. I was, essentially, it was probably about 30% of the money I had in my bank account was off that check to cut my hair, and I didn't do it. And I'm just saying I'm sitting here now, and I'm fine with it. Now $18 million, a lot more money. But I'm just saying – I don't think it's going to be to where if he denies that $18 million 10 years from now, he's going to regret it. I think he's going to look back and say, you know what, at least I stayed true to who I am. Somebody tell Terrence and I'll cut my hair for
1: $40,000, maybe even thirty if you want. Uh, and I might cut a finger off for $18.7 million uh, with no anesthesia or anything else. So that's where I sit on it. Uh, this was a, a debatable uh, tweet that you put out there from Jersey Jag. He's not going to sign it. He wants out. People see $18 million and think, wow, what a high number. It's high to us because we will never see that ever. Jan is young. He turns this down, and he'll still get money in the teens of millions at a later date. He's playing the long game. And yeah. listen, Jan's not going broke. He's going to make money in the NFL. There's Fine. no doubt about it. But... uh when will that money come? Eric says, I think you should sign it just for the plain simple reason you don't know if there's going to be a season this year. And by the way, there's a lot of unknowns on all that. Like, what do you get? What's guaranteed? I, I don't know all of those. Things. People, we're in uncharted waters when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know the ins and outs of all of that, Uh whether there are games or some games or, or how much of it. Uh, Roger says he will never make that money if he does not play this year. He'll never make it up. Fact, which is usually right. Yeah, uh, you're not going to get back. And by Bell, the way, uh, Bell would say the same thing absolutely. in Pittsburgh. He would be stupid not to play. Also, his value goes down because he would not be seen as difficult. He would be seen as difficult. Does not honor contracts. Well, lose, lose for him. It's always about the money. Lanny I don't agree with Bell that got paid, You but, know? Yeah. It's it, listen. Yeah. You're a good player. You're going to get a chance. Correct. Um, and he'll get a chance to and play. And he's young is, good player. Yeah. Too, it's right. not like they're going to offer him the league minimum to play. Correct. Uh, that that's that's foolish. That that certainly isn't going to happen. Hey, one other thing that just came in uh, in the last uh, twenty minutes or so. You know, we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes and this 10-year deal. Well, Schefter says, and he might have even said more while we were talking about Jan, but uh, it's over $400 million. And there is some belief that it's tied to the salary cap, a percentage of it, uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, uh, did you say, or somebody said, the Chiefs said that they wouldn't really do that. Yeah, correct. Uh, but That's what now, Adam
0: Schefter said. Uh,
1: but now it looks like they're heading that way. $400 million, uh, you know, it is a kind of a baseball-looking contract, you know. Mm-hmm. It's what the Trouts and Machados and, and Bryce Harpers kind of got in that $400 million range uh, to play ball. But again, you're talking about the king sport and maybe the king player of the sport yeah. for the next decade, or at least for the next handful of years at the very least. We'll see what happens. Uh, $400 million does not surprise me. It, it'll be over that in some capacity. Uh, He is going to reset everything uh, with this. And and if you're just catching in, 10-year deal for Patrick Mahomes is in the works. And some of the specifics uh, uh, are still out there in terms of the calculations, what it's worth, all that stuff. But uh, we'll keep you posted on that front. Another thing happened today. Sports and politics back at it again. And since then, a response from the athlete, a response from the organization. Welcome back. here on a Monday. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Rolls on. Good to have you along. Happy July. The countdown to football season is on here in Jacksonville. Sometimes politics and sports seem to mix. And uh, we've had a couple of months worth of stories where a pandemic Uh, And sports certainly has kind of joined hand in hand with all sports shutting down. Uh, The Black Lives Matter movement, obviously, with sports figures uh, front and center, including Colin Kaepernick, but uh, including the Jacksonville Jaguars and many others. And when it comes to that story, uh, Bubba Wallace of NASCAR sparking big time change. With the Confederate flag no longer flying at races. Of course, really haven't been a lot of fans at any events anyway. Uh, but some NASCAR fans uh, didn't like the idea of that. Uh, but that was change in the NASCAR ranks. We've seen sports leagues, organizations, uh, colleges, sports entities, let's say, really change over the last few months. Yeah. Uh, from, um, you know, nicknames to... Other things. Yeah. It's been a wild few months. It really has. Well, in the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if this was when you were still doing a show, uh, the Monday and Tuesday, uh, we've been off for oh, quite yeah. a bit. Yep. It was we uh, talked about the, it. the noose in the garage, Yep. Uh, the pull rope in the garage, Yep. Uh, fashioned as a noose. It was
0: funny. Just as I was leaving for the break, that news came out. We had to talk about it then. Yes, yeah. that
1: was a big story that day.
0: Correct. And...
1: Well, then after that, it came back there was some talk that it wasn't a noose, right? Because Correct. the FBI investigated it, it wasn't a hate crime, and that ensued.
0: So, yeah, so with literally 10 minutes left on the show, Kuz has we got some breaking news, and that's the part that we had to talk about right before we left was the fact that the noose wasn't actually, quote-unquote, a real noose geared towards Bubba Wallace. And that was uh, the findings of the FBI. Correct.
1: Well, NASCAR then supported the findings of Bubba Wallace and in, in his team mm-hmm. um, by – Really issuing another statement on top of that and yep. showing the picture, uh, which I would say certainly looks like a noose. I don't yeah. think that's uh, I'm not f- overly familiar with NASCAR garages, but I could see why that, especially in these times, would had be.
0: all the characteristics of a noose. Brent, what yes. more do you want to say? <laughs>
1: so that gets us to now a story that I don't want to say was done. Because it's never done. These are conversations that have been happening. It's part of it. It created an unbelievable
0: scene in NASCAR with all the drivers and teams pushing Bubba Wallace's car. And, uh, and that was my biggest point, you know, re- regardless of the intention of the noose or not. And obviously, you got to remember, like, back when that news just dropped, tensions were high, right? It's like, well, see, I told you Bubba Wallace is lying. You know, this is, this is bull crap with the, what NASCAR is doing now. Like, it was all for nothing. And I just, I had the point of, like, listen. It's probably a good thing, number one, that nobody put a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage like that on purpose, okay? So I was happy for that. But I was also happy for look at where they were at, okay? You had every single pit crew member, every single driver push Bubba Wallace's car, you know, to the front. Like, to me, regardless of what it took to get there and whether it was um, from a place of hate or just a, a misunderstanding, whatever that was, they still got there from that point. So if that noose or not a noose, whatever it was – Got that point where the driver supported Bubba Wallace? Then so be it. I'm glad it went down like that, in my opinion. In a predominantly white sport.
1: Correct. And that's why it was a very powerful uh, moment in following the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and I shouldn't say following, during, really, a Black Lives Matter movement. Well, again, that was like a week and a half ago. That had kind of at least been buried on the headlines, let's just say that. I, I don't think these stories ever go away, and I'm sure in uh, – nascar circles it was still a very relevant story mm-hmm. donald trump president donald trump tweeting today this has Bubba wallace and he directly added Bubba wallace on the tweet apologize <laughs> to all of those great nascar drivers and officials who came to his aid stood by his side and were willing to sacrifice everything for him only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax that and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever that is that was about uh, oh gosh no uh, earlier this morning I guess
0: right correct uh, and now other drivers have spoken out.
1: Other drivers immediately came to Bubba Wallace's um, defense. Yeah, and Bubba Wallace has since tweeted, and his tweet was really more of a note to uh, the next generation. He says to the next generation, the little ones following my footsteps. Hashtag Love Wins. And it says, your words and actions will always be held to a higher standard than others. You have to be prepared for that. You don't learn these things in school. You learn them from trials and tribulations, the ups and downs this crazy world provides. You will always have people testing you. See if they can knock you off your pedestal. I encourage you to keep your head held high and walk proudly on the path you have chosen. Never let anybody tell you you can't do something. God put us all here for a reason. Find that reason. Be proud of it and work your tails off every day towards it. All the haters are doing is elevating your voice and platform to much greater heights. Last thing, always deal with the hate being thrown at you with love. Love over hate every day. Love should come naturally as people are taught to hate, even when it's hate from the president of the United States. He said love wins. NASCAR in the last hour or so has since tweeted. We stand with Bubba. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So that is really just a, a chronological <laughs> order of what's transpired here today and really over the last couple of weeks when it comes to Bubba Wallace and NASCAR. So if you've been wondering why Bubba Wallace is trending once again or you're hearing that name in this kind of conversation, well, that's why it once again is here on a, on a Monday afternoon in July. You know, it's interesting because we've talked a lot about these topics all the way back a few years ago with Colin Kaepernick to the current. Discussions about Colin Kaepernick or kneeling or Black Lives Matter movement or now NASCAR.
0: The whole thing escalated with Kaepernick and kneeling was when Trump called him an expletive, you know, and said what he said. And NFL players saw that and then obviously defended Colin Kaepernick even more because of what the president said.
1: Well, what's interesting here is this, Okay, in our world, and, and I don't say this in a flippant way, I'm just saying it in something I said to Austin earlier today. In our world, when we talk about anything politically, which mm-hmm. we, by the way, don't very often, mm-hmm. it's, it's not my realm. I don't talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Politics is about as divisive as you can get. Uh, we have other stations for that. You can have those conversations there. Yeah. This is not a political show. Sometimes politics does enter the fray. I feel like we've
0: mentioned the so, president's name yeah. quite a bit. Well, sometimes politics just, just does, does a cannonball into the pool of sports. They don't dip their toes in. They literally just go on the diving board and say, everybody get ready. Here comes the cannonball. And here we are now. And here we are now. And and so I think
1: like what a lot of people say sometimes, especially if they don't agree with what you're saying about it yeah. Um, and, and don't agree with your thought, is stick to sports. right? Correct. Stick to sports has become kind of a thing. Yeah. Right. Shut up and dribble was one for LeBron James and others. But, yeah. but for sports folks that talk radio, it's like stick to sports. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'd like to say, we'd love to, <laughs> or I'd love to. Sure. But I almost want to say, and not just to the president, but to other folks that di- dip their toe into the sports water, mm-hmm. stick to politics. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we just stick to politics, please? <laughs> like, is that
0: fair? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it's, you know what? it's Do, un- unbelievable. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. That's got to be a t-shirt, Brent. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm serious, man. Like, well, that's, that's a hashtag. That's something there, but so here we are again. It's really interesting
1: uh, about, but here's the fascinating part. Okay, yeah, and this is why this is a this year is so different, and these last few months are so different. It's the NFL and NASCAR's reaction. Mm-hmm. See, years ago, those entities were afraid to say something. They were afraid to respond. They were kind of just laying in the weeds. NFL has since come out with a very powerful message, right? Mm. Uh, it was a few Fridays ago, remember, yeah. after players had responded and wanted more than just a, a statement. And they did. Roger Goodell issued a powerful statement. Teams have issued statements and also showed uh, they support Black Lives Matter and that movement with the Jacksonville Jaguars front and center, yeah. in my opinion. Well, now NASCAR... Is saying the same. First with the Confederate flag, but now saying we stand with Bubba once again. After all of this that I just said, I think that's the thing. Like, listen, we could turn it into politics and all this stuff. Uh, you know, that's not. I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah. That's that's that is an endless conversation. We'd just be spinning our wheels, mm-hmm. and I'm not up for that. I don't mind conversation at all. Sure, but I'm not doing that. But I think the story here is, is that the NFL and what NASCAR has done in response to some of the tweets mm-hmm. that show support for their players mm-hmm. and in this case their driver. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that is different. That's different than 2 or 3 4 years ago and that is different over these last couple of months that catches my attention more than anything. You know, listen, a lot of they take uh, there's a lot of arrows shot each way and on a bunch of different things. But this is coming from Washington. Yeah. And these entities, these organizations are still standing there with their their athlete. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is a powerful part of this. I don't know what it means. I don't know where it ends. But I think that's the thing that catches my eye. I was really interested to see how would NASCAR respond? Sure. The drivers, they're responding in support. I think most of them have of of Bubba Wallace. Yeah. Bubba Wallace is going to respond and and try to say love wins. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I took the high road, I think, uh, in doing so. But I was waiting for NASCAR. I said, okay, is NASCAR going to hide or is NASCAR going to say something? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's very interesting that they've been putting their arms around each other and say, hey, uh, we're going to support our driver in this instance.
0: Yeah, you, you know, and you kind of, like listen, I, I'm in a hard position here, right? Because obviously I have my own opinions of, of what the President of the United States said, but I, I don't want to make it political by any means at all. But like, I guess to try to say what I'm trying to say here, so NASCAR, for instance. NASCAR, I would think we would agree, Brent, that a majority of Republicans watch NASCAR, okay? Probably a lot more than Democrats, okay? And and, and I don't want to say, I mean, maybe both I sides. I think it's viewed as a conservative sport. A conservative sport, sport. yes. Okay. And th- that's fine. But like my point is here is like, look at now, like you have people still defending bubble Wallace or oh, even to Donald Trump, right? Like Donald Trump, he's a Republican president. Okay. Simple as that. Republicans support Donald Trump or some of them do. And that's fine. But my point is that, listen, these drivers drive over 190 miles per hour on a racetrack. Do you think they're really scared now to speak out uh, because the president of the United States says something they don't agree with? No, they're, they're going to speak out and they let their voices be heard now. Can that come with repercussions? Maybe, you know, but I think now we're to the point, Brent, that whether it's the NFL and let's not get it twisted. If the NFL is going to happen this year, you're going to have players taking these. That's going to happen. And if I was to put any money, in, I would say Donald Trump is going to say something about that as well. That's kind of his MO, right? And it'll probably be something about the ratings and the numbers and all that stuff. Once again, I don't want to get political, but all I'm going to say is this. At some point, just turn the TV off, all right? At some point, if it truly offends you, if the whole Bubble Wallace stuff is just, I can't believe this, and it ruined NASCAR, then just walk away, okay? If the NFL, if players taking a knee, I can't believe they're doing this, I can't believe this, I can't believe that, then just walk away, okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, it's cool to pile on and speak your piece, maybe once, maybe twice, but to go over and over again and say, well, their is going to be down there, that's fine. But then just walk away. It's like, it's almost like you're watching like a car accident, but you can't look away from it. You know, like you still have to like keep your eyes on it. Just move on with your life. You know, and I do this all the time. Like, listen, if there's a TV show out there that I don't agree with, if there's a movie that I don't like, maybe I'll say one time, "Well, this movie was trash. Not, don't watch that." But I don't come back time and time again saying, "Y'all better stay away from that movie. Don't watch that movie. I saw a commercial for that movie. Don't go see it." No, nah, man. Just walk away from it and you live your life. That's all I'm gonna say about that.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, again, there is a stick to sports crowd, um, and I wonder if that crowd does believe in stick to politics as well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of say it like tongue in cheek in a way. Yeah. But uh, you know what? That that I wonder that. Like if you ask that question, well, okay, well, why are you talking sports? Yeah. Why are we talking sports? And, and by the way, it's not just that other politicians have dip their toe into that arena, too. This isn't just an isolated incident, but obviously the president of the United States says something in the sports realm that's going to get the most attention, and and, and it has in the past years ago. It has a couple of times since from the Drew Brees, I shouldn't say incident, but Drew Brees situation, and now the Bubba Wallace situation. I still think my takeaway here today is, one, the NFL a month ago where they were not going to do it years ago, Yeah, support their players. They are now supporting their players. Mm-hmm. Over these kind of tweets. (laughs) And now NASCAR has done the same. I think that's a big statement this afternoon. And for Bubba Wallace and his platform, for the drivers and their platforms to have confidence that, hey, my organization is sticking up for me because I believe this to be true. Or I believe they believe in me. They're allowing me to um, share my beliefs. And I'm not going to... I I agree with what you said. Do I think guys that drive 200 miles an hour for a living really care what other people say? Even the President of the United States maybe yeah. in a tweet? No. But I do think they care how their organization True. is going to look at them if they say something. And that is very important to the athlete, to the driver in this case.
0: Here's where we're at right now. We have the NFL that's supporting protesting, right? That's supporting the knee. Obviously, right now, NASCAR, they have Bubba Wallace's back. How did we all get here? Obviously, we can say, well, let start with the George Floyd thing, and it snowballed from there. And I would say you're absolutely right. But it's more important than that. It's bigger than that. And this is a point that I don't think Donald Trump understands. Once again, I'm not getting political. I'm just calling it like I see it right now. You know this. Kuz knows this. And I know this. The camaraderie of team sports, okay, the the camaraderie, that brotherhood that you endure, whether you're in high school, middle school, professional, college, there is nothing quite like being in the world of sports, okay? Now, to be fair, I get you golf, but, you know, if you're a golfer, that's not really part of it, okay? You don't understand that. So what I think, honestly, and I think, listen, I don't think Donald Trump's out here trying to cause a scene and trying to, you know, make people go against each other. I don't think he's like that. I just think that he sees something, he's trying to speak his opinion on it, and what he thinks he's doing is right, okay? But here's my point. There's a reason why the NFL came around to the NFL players. There's a reason right now why NASCAR has Bubba Wallace's back. It's not just Bubba Wallace. It's all the drivers. Because finally players have realized that the sheep – outnumber the wolves okay and if the sheep are upset the wolves better take note the nfl listen players when kaepernick the whole thing went down it was because trump called him out and when that happened players start taking knees Shad khan blocking arms of other players things like that it was that little match that lit everything and now it's the same thing in nascar where once again i think trump thinks that he's doing the right thing here but when you call up bubba wallace no matter his skin color you call it the, you call it the entire Brotherhood of NASCAR and you, you call it as peers. So now all of a sudden it's like us versus you. It's not well you call it one person, we'll let it slide yeah you should apologize. No man you call it one person on a team you call it everybody and that's where we are again right now.
1: Well the great irony here around the NASCAR in the statement is President Trump was just here at the Daytona 500 months ago yeah. uh, you know in NASCAR and obviously I think has visited that sport on, on several occasions but yeah. was just here at Daytona 500 in February before before the pandemic hit, and now you fast forward to July, which usually, by the way, 4th of July will be the, the Coke Zero 400 and the Daytona race, but the schedule shifted uh, Brickyard 400 instead this past weekend. And now once again, uh, uh, a little different look at the relationship between uh, this president of the United States and now NASCAR here on a Monday. Uh, That is the latest on what's going on uh, in the NASCAR world and why you're seeing Bubba Wallace's name uh, most likely quite a bit, maybe on your ride home or as you exit work here on a Monday. All right, let's get back to some of the sports talk. One thing I want to do in the final hour. Did we
0: miss anything
1: in the last week, week and Uh, a half or so?
0: Well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make good one of my bets that we made so you missed that a little bit. Oh, really? Did I lose? I'm on my way? You might. You might. It's looking pretty peachy for me right now.
1: A fun little trash can story, although I don't think that's a very good one, but uh, we got a (laughs) trash can story. And, uh, yeah, we'll take a look at some of the things that uh, we maybe didn't get to comment on. uh, Anything happened in the world of sports over the last uh, week and a half plus. Bryson DeChambeau is the best golfer on the planet right now. Have you ever seen an athlete remake his body and have this kind of success? And is he cool or not cool? A
0: little golf Shirt talk off as well selfies in the final coming hour. up.
1: And <laughs> next on ESPN six ninety. Tax day is coming. Oh no! But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a three percent match, you can get up to hundred ninety five dollars for the twenty twenty three tax year. Oh yeah! Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you got the most-